0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
2: Hola amigos, this is Ray Hudson from BN Sports and Sirius XM FC, and you are listening to Barca Talk.
1: Today on Barca Talk, a last minute goal by Inaki Williams knocked FC Barcelona out of the Copa del Rey. But in La Liga, Barca remain only three points behind Real Madrid after a 2-1 victory over... Levante, They'll play in Sevilla this weekend against Real Betis at the Benito Villamarin. And the transfer window was active for Barcelona B as well. We'll hear all about it from Max Bleuer. Hello and welcome to Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson, your host in Buffalo, New York. Joining me from Madrid is my co-host, your tactical analyst, Gabriel Quiroga. Gabriel, how you doing, buddy? Brian Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. Man, I'm doing excellent, considering the circumstances, yeah, but... You might be doing the best you've done in a while, <laughs> Considering the circumstances, we're recording this right after the loss to Athletic Bilbao in the Copa del Rey, of course, but you, in your personal life, at least, you're doing I'm on fire, you know, so, (laughs) um, you know,
0: after a grueling heartbreak loss on Sunday, my Niners, man, that was a tough loss. I mean, we had it in our hands, you know, yeah, you did But Mahomes, man. He's just he's he's electric, (laughs) man. He's he's electric. We had our shot and we just were too conservative. So that was a tough loss. Uh, But it was actually a really good time. Um, And then, you know, obviously this tough loss here, the Copa del Rey, you know, we're eliminated from it. And I guess the only solace I take into it is that Real Madrid lost as well. So, you know, we kind of like take them with us, you know, (laughs) out of this tournament. So, (laughs) yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, you know, like we were talking beforehand, I'm starting a new job uh, in the coming week, which I'm really excited about. And, you know, it's a new opportunity. But uh, yeah, you know, things are kind of coming you know, coming together, and I'm really excited for that, but, you know, we have a lot to talk
1: about with this 28 days of chaos here in, Bar- in Barcelona and Spain. Yeah, it's like a, a solid month of chaos at FC Barcelona. Well, let's get it right into it then. Um First off, a little bit of final transfer news. We missed this last Friday, but Musawage was, in fact, loaned out to OGC Nice in France for the remainder of the season. This leaves the Barca squad at 21 players, and that includes the injured Luis suarez the injured usman dembele the injured Neto, and the paper tiger arda turan i call him the paper tiger because he's officially on the roster but please come on he's not going to play i mean maybe we i don't think he's even in yeah, training but i mean maybe we should get him you know with
0: our i mean I we know, have yeah him. i mean with this roster so thin, and we're thin exactly yeah you know it's it's it's, it's still it's i'm speechless with the transfers left, you know, Perez, Todibo, you know, and Wage, you know, we have been clamoring all season long about how much we wanted to see these players get more playing time. I think if they wouldn't have been transferred out, they may have found some extra time. But it's insane to me because, for example, in tonight's match, we really could have used Perez. I mean, we need rotation. We could have used, like I told you before, we could have used a Toribio, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, or a Carlos. Exactly. Alenia. Or he's he's kind of the yeah, worst yeah. for me because you know, had he just waited a couple of yeah. weeks, he would have had a whole different manager because he elected to sure. go to Betis, right? So, oh yeah, we'll get to see him this weekend. That's that's fun. But anyway, I'm digressing. It's just, it's just such a thin squad, all these injured players. So I mean, you take out the injuries, you take out Arturon. that leaves us with. A 17-man squad, that's not even a full match squad. Yeah. That's not even a squad sheet. That's why Alex Goyado has been getting called up from the B team. I mean, think about, you know, we have no margin of error for injuries.
0: And again, tonight, PK got injured. So now all of a sudden, that, that makes us even thinner. And going into these matches, you know, I mean, I guess one way, you know, getting eliminated from Copa del Rey is maybe a little good because we have less games now, but at the same time, I think that was maybe our only trophy we were like really positioned to go for because, you know, I put this question on Twitter and, you know, it was a mixed bag of 50-50. But I, from my point of view, of just seen how the squad is and just the effort we're putting in. I just don't see us battling in Champions League and as well as in La Liga. I think Real Madrid have really wrapped that up already, even though they're only three points ahead. But I just think their, their effort is much stronger than ours. And they have a full squad, Brian.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, in in La Liga, it is only three points. And I hear what you're saying, that those three points might be decisive. Um, I think that the team is getting better. And that is some of the response that you got from Twitter on Twitter today said that, you know, the team is gradually getting better. And I do think that they tried harder. They ran more in the San Mames than they have in the last several games. I saw more effort. I think that they're kind of gelling as a team a little bit more. I don't know if that's going to be enough to make up those three points and get past Real Madrid to win La Liga. But I do think that it is only three points and there are still plenty of games to play. So this could play out still in a good way. As far as Champions League goes, because another question that you put out on Twitter was, can we beat Napoli? And it's in three weeks. I think we could potentially get past Napoli if the current trajectory continues. Because I do think that every game it's getting a little bit better. If that trajectory continues... We could get past Napoli. That being said, we are not a Champions League winning team this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, the biggest thing or the biggest concern is there's just no margin of error. You know, it's right. so razor thin. And with that, you know, with the injury aspect, now we have such a thin squad. We have no rotation, you know, and that's really going to lend itself to having more injury you know, prone players that are going to happen. I mean, we just saw PK tonight. That all of a sudden puts us into flux even more. Again, I'm not, you know, yes, we are improving a little bit, but I still have doubts of if we can really put it together, especially on the road. I mean, we are playing better on the road lately, but still, our lack of direct play is still killing us. I mean, you know, we still need to find a balance, and Messi's is doing too much, you know, and we're still having this problem. Again, It just starts with the board, the transfer policy. You know, if we would have had a stricter policy and just kept those players, it would have been really nice to have on the bench, especially like in a game like tonight where we could have used the youth and the energy.
1: Well, speaking of youth and energy and injured players, let's talk about Dembele because it's been announced that uh, Dembele will have surgery next week in Finland. The same exact surgeon who's already operated on him once before will once again work on his hamstring. And because of this... Barcelona could actually sign a new player to replace him. So there are some rules here. Like if he's expected to be out for five months or more, the club will be able to sign a player to replace Dembele. And one of the rules is that it must be a player from Spain, uh, not a Spanish player, but someone who's just already playing in Spain. And then there's this multi-step petitioning and approval process process. Before the club can actually sign anyone, but it's at least possible to, outside of a transfer window, get an, a new player who can actually play back in the squad. Yeah.
0: This was, uh, you know, heartbreaking news, you know, because you and I, we love Dembele. We love to see the explosiveness, his talent on the field. And just to hear this news, especially, you know, from all the reports, it wasn't a heavy training session. And to have the tendon ripped. Brian, I mean, that is some extreme force slash weak tendon, you know, it's it's the two things going on there. And it's just crazy, because you know that they were super cautious with his return this time, they took the time to rehab him, he went all around the world to get procedures done. So it's not like he's not being proactive. And again, people on Twitter were kind of Bashing him a little bit about the Fortnite thing. Again, this has nothing to do with that. There's just something genetically going on with his hamstring and there's just nothing that you can do about it. And I honestly think we have seen the last of him in Barca because we thought that we could depend on him for the rest of the season. That's kind of why they didn't go so strong. That's what they're saying here, the reports here in Spain. But again, I think we've seen the last of it. And more importantly, it's unfortunate because I think he had high potential, high ceiling and he's not going to be able to play in the Euros
1: as well. You're probably right the club will most likely unload him but it's they're going to they're going to have to eat some cost. Yeah, <laughs> you know? they're going to have to take a loss on that because he is literally damaged goods. Yeah, and it's really sad because there's no control on it, you know.
0: There's nothing you can do with this muscle injury. You can have the operation, you can stretch it, you can try new techniques, but Poor Dembele, he's going to be mind, you know, mind screwed with this, you know, for the, for the rest of his career, because with this amount of injuries on the same aspect, the same injury, it just plays mind games on you. And you just cannot have the confidence to play at the highest level that you have to because you're always going to have that in the back of your mind. And especially ripping the tendon. I mean, that's, that's incredible. That is, you know, we, you hear hamstring pulls and that's just, you know, a group of the muscles in your hamstring. To actually pull the tendon from the top, I mean, that is – I mean, not even the sprinters really do that that much, you know? I mean, that is some crazy things going on. And again, like I said, I don't know if it's a combination of just the power he presents with combined with the weakness of the tendon to the bone.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's really sad. But at least, you know, he'll get surgery, he'll recover, and it may not be at Barcelona, but he could still have a career ahead of him, maybe back in France, because he's still incredibly talented, But he's probably done at Barcelona. Now, this weekend, La Liga continues. Uh, this time, is going to be traveling to Sevilla to play Real Betis in the Via Marín. And so we'll get a chance, probably, to see Carlos Alena back in action. Real Betis is 12th in La Liga right now. I, they don't seem to be doing uh, particularly well. Combined with that, Barcelona have had various road issues. Uh, it, I do think that the road woes are improving, though.
0: They are a little bit, but they're still, you know, it still can come back, you know, and that's the problem. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. recently, uh, Betty's have been playing a little bit better. You know, after the, I would say like in the last five games, they definitely have kind of turned the corner a little bit, but not to say they're not beatable, right? I mean, they still have a lot of glaring holes, especially on defense with our old boy Batra back there. But again, this stadium is a tough place to play. They will sell out. And again, it's a partidazo, so that's a good thing. That's gonna help us because it's a late night start, so that's that's already a better, better opportunity for us. But at the same time, you know, with the current squad, if we don't bring anyone in and PK's out, all of a sudden we're just we have three subs, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And again, like I said, you know, for me the La Liga issue is that we just can't afford anything. This is gonna be the last game of the weekend. And if Madrid wins, they just continue to put pressure on us. And do we – are we mentally tough this season to go through this marathon that we cannot afford to lose any other road matches?
1: Oh, probably yeah. not.
0: <laughs> no. And that's that's the thing is that I see Madrid the way – you know, I've been watching their last four games or so. And the way Zizou has them playing and tactically adjusting to things, especially in the, the weekend match, he is doing things with the team that he's making everyone involved, you know? And they're just gutting out these wins, you know, one-nothing. They have a two-goal output by Casemiro, you know. They got a goal finally, a nice play from Vinicius, you know, so they're just getting little parts from everyone. And that for me is the you know the telling sign that I think eventually they're going to win La Liga. Because, you know, what I've seen in the last games, yes, they are improving. They have been improving a little bit, but this team is just shot, Brian. I mean, We need a complete overhaul of this roster, and I just don't know how long they can keep this up together with this team. If it's going
1: to be the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or April, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's the thing. (laughs) Just die off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to say uh, to you listening to the show, I don't know what you're doing right now. Maybe you're on your way to work or you're already at work. Maybe you're walking or driving or taking the bus or the subway. I don't know what you're doing. ...while you're listening to this show, but I do know that you are listening. Now, if you're a member, you've sent the message that you like listening to the show enough to support it. But if you aren't a member yet, you're telling us that you like the show, but not enough to support it. Maybe you feel like you can't afford it. And trust me, I have been there. I'm actually there right now. There's a lot of things that I cannot afford. Uh, Mostly luxuries, though. But so the next time you spend a few extra dollars or euros or pounds on some luxury, you know, an extra pint, an extra coffee, another app for your phone. I want you to think about this podcast. If you really and truly can't afford a few units of currency a month to support this show, that's cool. We get it. But if you can afford it and you're listening on a regular basis, you're listening on Mondays and Fridays when we put out new episodes, become a member. Send us the message that you like the show enough to support it. We've made it as easy as we can. Not to say it couldn't be easier, but it's as easy as we can make it right now. There's a link in the details for this episode that will take you to our support page. From there, you can either become a monthly supporting member on Patreon for $2, $5, or $8 a month, or you can make a one-time donation, no Patreon sign-up required. Again, if you can afford it and you're not a member, you're telling us that it doesn't matter to you whether we make this podcast or not, you're telling us you don't care if it continues or not, and if that's how you feel, that's fine. We will take that message, and we will act accordingly. Now, we're going to have a segment just for our members where we talk about the uh, the row between Messi and Abidal this past week. It made a little bit of news. It got some airtime during the uh, Copa del Rey match. The commentator that I was listening to mentioned it. Um, but that's going to be for members only. Now, for everyone, Barcelona B were busy in the transfer window, even managing to sign a number 9. Here with the report is
2: Max Bleuer. The recent closure of the January transfer window has left its mark on Barca Bay, just as it has on the first team. Carlos Perez, who has played at both Camp Nou and the Estadio in growth this year, has departed for Italian side Roma, initially on loan, although the Romans are obliged to buy him outright at the end of the season for about 15 million euros depending on variables. Various press reports claimed that Kike Setien had told Perez in the final few days of the transfer window that the young winger was surplus to requirements. Although it is also true that the 15 million will come in extremely handy for a club that needs to make approximately 100 million in player sales in the summer if it is to rebalance the books. Certain radio stations in Spain were even suggesting that the board had pressured Setien into getting rid of Perez, and that in fact the manager would have liked to hang on to him. All in all, there's been a great deal of sympathy for the La Masia product, a man who was persuaded to stay at the club in the summer, only to be forced out six months later. There's also been a certain amount of consternation about the message it sends to La Masia to have one of its most promising products in recent years shoved out the door. Yeah, having said all that, it is true that Pérez probably isn't Setien's ideal type of winger. The amount of possession that Setien teams accumulate means that they are often playing in front of deep-lying banks of defence, whereas Pérez is at his best when he has space, either behind the defence for him to run on through balls, or in front of it for him to run at defenders with the ball. It isn't clear whether it was Setien's or the board's idea to get rid of Pérez, but with Luis Suarez probably out for the rest of the season, and Dembele having the injury record that he does, it seems risky, to say the least, to get rid of another forward player without bringing anyone else in. Instead, the response to Perez's departure has been to bring beating winger Alex Coyado into the first-team dynamic. The 20-year-old left-footer is in the squad for the league game against Levante, while he was also on the bench for the Copa del Rey match on Wednesday, and had his first minutes of the season in the tuna loss to Valencia last weekend. On the face of it, Coyado is more a Setien-type player, as he has the technical skills and close control to break down the deep, tightly packed defenses that Barcelona consistently come up against in the La Liga, and we'll only see more of with Setien's style of play. The Golasso he scored in September after dribbling past half of Atlético Levante, and the thunderbolt he smashed in against A. Praet earlier that month too, are evidence of the technical talent that Coyado possesses. And Corrado is going to have to bring this talent to the fore in the coming weeks, as to all intents and purposes, he is the fourth choice forward in a team that tends to play with three up front. We might be seeing a lot more of the kid from Sabadell in the first team than we ever would have thought just a month ago. One man we won't be seeing much more of though, is Ruiz. The young striker, in whom so many hopes had been placed, was somewhat ushered out the back door in a loan move to Portuguese outfit sporting Braga that will become permanent for around 8 million euros in the summer. Barcelona retained an option to buy him back. His fellow striker, Alejandro Magues, was also shown the door in the January transfer window. Despite lacking striking options, Garcia Pimienta hadn't been allowed to call up Marquez because the latter was refusing to extend a contract that was due to expire in January. It was a crying shame, as the kid had scored plenty of goals in La Masia and had even got one for the first team in the friendly against Cartagena in November. Marquez has departed to play in Juventus' reserve side and in exchange came Brazilian midfielder Mateus Pereira to boost a midfield that seems to have permanently lost Ricky Pooj to the first team. Unlike the first team, Barca Bay did manage to bring in a striker to replace the ones who were lost in this transfer window. 22-year-old Albanian Ray Minaj was signed from Alba for €700,000 to replace Riz and Marquez, and Barca will need him to hit the ground running, as he's pretty much the only true striker in the squad. In other bips and bobs regarding the end of the transfer window, Montreal Impact have made Jean-Yves ballou loan permanent, and Mike Van Bajen, son of the agent of Frankie de Jong, has been packed off to Turkey without playing a single minute for Barca The less said about that extremely fishy transfer, the better. On the pitch... Batisabella went down 1-0 a couple of weeks ago against Nascis de Tarragona. It was the familiar story of having all of the ball, over 70% possession in the first half, but no cutting edge to create and put away chances. Nascis got one midway through the second half and never really looked in danger of relinquishing their lead. But the boys made up for this disappointing loss and continued their stellar home record by dispatching Egea 2-0 at home the week after. A Montreux penalty and a Kiki Saavedra curler from the edge of the box were enough to seal the win for a Barca Bay that were dominant throughout. Next time, I'll add details of Barca Bay's victory over A. E. Pratt this Sunday, while we'll see how they get on in a top-of-the-table clash against Vidal Bay as well. For Barca Talk, I'm Max Bloor. Alright, so let's
1: talk about this. The first team, how they're doing. Uh, we didn't have a chance to cover the Levante match because we were... I was getting ready for a Super Bowl party, you were getting ready to attend a Super Bowl party, I was throwing one. And, by the way, you uh, managed... You ran into one of our Patreon members at the Super Bowl party.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't run into him. We we planned to meet, so it was it was yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, Brant, he just moved to uh, to Madrid, so he messaged me and we met up. We went to watch the Super Bowl at a bar, uh, a pub here, and man, it was just packed. Man, it was packed, but like good. And so we watched the we watched the game, and you know. Uh, first half was good. Second half, snooze fest, you know?
1: <laughs> right. You know, uh, we
0: watched, I mean, I guess the main, obviously that the biggest takeaway is, is Fatih's two goals. Obviously that's going to get the headline. But again, the second half is just the same type of thing of, uh, you know, lethargic type of pressing because Levante did score late and they did yeah. put some pressure on. But again, Brian, let's, let's try to, I'm going to try to be more positive with this, uh, review. So I will go Fatih. You know, obviously that, that is the, the highlight for me with his two goals is brace.
1: Well, yeah, two good finishes from Fatih and two good assists from Messi. Two very different kinds of setups because the first one, Messi sends Fatih with a through ball from the halfway line and Fatih, his legs, he's on it. Great put away. And then the second one, Messi gets the ball, drives into the box. He draws three defenders and then he opens up the angle and threads it to Fatih, open on the left. Rather than try and center it for Messi again, Fatih took the shot. And I thought of you when he did that, when I saw that, because, oh, Fatih's taking shots. That's good. That's what Gabriel wanted. Now Gabriel's going to be happy. And that's all I want. <laughs> it's your happiness. Yes.
0: Shoot the glass, right?
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> again,
0: you can just see the difference when Fatih's on the left side. I mean, he's he's more electric. He can actually just play. He's not thinking so much. And he just has those moves that he can do. He's just a lot more direct player because he's just so used to that left wing. And as you as you said on the first one, it was a nice breakaway goal, and the second one was a nice finish as well. You know, Um, you know the goalie was a bit unlucky. He should have closed his legs. I mean, that's that's amateur hour, I think. But Fati was able to find the five hole and get it through. Again, up to nothing. I was thinking, yeah, easy three points. We should be done with this. And. We pretty much were until about the 80th minute or so when Levante started uh, really pressuring us.
1: But also just looking at the first half, I mean, it could have been 5 nothing just in the first half. Semedo had a good chance, bounced off the crossbar. Messi had a good chance. It skated wide. Griezmann had a good chance that went wide, and that was just before the end of the first half. You combine that with Fati's two, and it really could have been 5 nothing at halftime. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, one of the things I just
0: keep looking at is just... The, the directness that we still lack, you know, you know, in these last two games, you know, Levante and Atleta Bilbao, we're still maintaining a high rate of possession, but we're still doing so much walking around, you know. And even though, even though we're having more possession than we did under Valverde, therefore our defense doesn't have to defend as much, I just still think that we're missing any ability to try to go for goal. You know, now with those Fati goals, those were instances and the other points that you talked about. But in, when we actually have the possession and the run of play, we're still not doing enough to be direct. You know, they're more on like counters and when we get a, you know, turnover from the other team and that's when we go to the other way. And I, that's my main concern going forward is that when we play a tougher team or a team that converts two goals and we're still stagnant, that we are lacking that killer instinct, you know, and again, it just goes to, having a diversity of attack and we're still lacking that because we continue to just feed Messi the ball all the time
1: you know yes but the attack is beginning to diversify more and when when fans are talking about how we're getting better every game I think it's not just the movement it's not just the passing it's not just the running and the effort it's that there is a growth in the diversity of attack I mean like I like I said Samedo was shooting Alba is starting to shoot more. Griezmann is getting chances. Fatih's shooting. It's not all on Messi. No, I mean, I would agree. You know, again, I think it's just two things.
0: We're we're still comparing now to Valverde's last, you know, 20 games. And yes, we are improving. But I still think we have so much to improve on from that, you know. And again, like I tell you, like when I played, I really loved going to goal and being direct. And I just feel like we do that as a necessity rather than joy that we used to have, you know. And I just feel like, you know, especially with our in this four-three-three that we're kind of re- come back to, our spacing is still off, and we're still not moving and dancing around to keep the defense offhand, you know. And yes, we are diversifying the attack, but again, we never cross the ball. We always are doing the same alba pass. I mean, how many times in Levante and in tonight's Copa del Rey did he have? A bad pass that was blocked or didn't go through, you know, and we continue to bang our heads like this, you know, and yes, you can say, you know, Alba has had success before, but, you know, he needs to vary those crosses. It's just killing me, you know, like get it closer to goal, make it a harder pass to the center, make it a chip, make it a pass, diversify, then go back to the middle, you know, because now the defense is thinking about these things again. I just want to see more dynamic up and down through the middle play
1: yeah well let's zero in on the Copa del Rey loss to Athletic Bilbao just before that Real Madrid lost to Real Sociedad four to three great performance from Sociedad I think I think I'm gonna pick them to win it yeah yeah after seeing that that kind of performance in the Bernabeo. yeah no less
0: they're a young team um, man that you know I told you that midfield is you know really strong youthful you know And Odegaard's a stud. You know, he's the Real Madrid prospect. And we've seen that That to me is such a smart loan because he's getting significant playing time in La Liga, but not for a really bad team. You know, he's not playing for like, let's say, Girona or something. He's playing for Sociedad where he's getting high profile matches and playing well. So that's really going to help him project to go back to Real Madrid again. As I told you, Brian, before we start recording, you no, know, I'm always happy when Real Madrid loses, you know? So when I got the news that they did, I'm like, perfect. This makes my night, you know? Because all of a sudden they were walking around here in Madrid, especially after the Derby last weekend, that they're the greatest team since sliced bread, you know? And guess what? <laughs> they lost the Copa del Rey and now they can't go for the treble, which to me is always just like one benefit
1: of this. But then. You know, we said hold our beer, right? That's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and even though it was a loss in the short term, it's kind of a win in the longer term for Real Madrid in Odegaard. Yeah, because they'll be able to bring him back. And like um, one of our listeners pointed out last episode, just the way that Real Madrid is making these great loans and stockpiling young talent, which is uh, not really what we're doing. It's we are loan We do. We have young players loaned out, but it doesn't seem like they're really hot prospects. We're really just kind of slowly ushering them out of the club, rather than really trying to bring them back. But anyway, this game against Athletic was scoreless for 93 minutes until a fading header from Inaki Williams scored the winner for Athletic. And I, I, to be fair, I have not seen these players, these Barcelona players, be this disappointed in a loss in years. Really? Yeah. If you look at their immediate response to the goal. It was much more dramatic mm-hmm. and performative than when they lost to Liverpool mm, I see what you're or saying.
0: Roma. I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Like, again, I you know, we, I, 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 had
0: to work tonight, so I watched the last 20, 25 minutes of the match. And you know, I told you my opinion. I just honestly didn't think we were going to score a goal to win. That's just my feeling watching the match. I know we had a nice play from our tour through ball where Messi got blocked. But again... Brian what happens when you just throw junk (laughs) at goal (laughs) you just get a lucky flick and Inaki Williams was able to connect and you know I just I still you know like I said before I was talking about the direct play but the other thing is we still lack physicality on our defense and I'm not saying that Busquets could have defended better but leading up to that play Alba was lost in space man he didn't go to the right player, the player was able to make a, a cross with it, no one covering him, and that's because on the counter Alba was begging someone to come over and no one was helping him out you know who came out to help him eventually? It was Griezmann <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> again, you know I mean this guy the doesn't, workhorse. yeah exactly this guy doesn't <laughs> stop, you know, but you know, again, I, you have to credit Athletic Bilbao because they could have just packed it in, I mean at times they were playing five at the back a clear five in the back and we still couldn't penetrate them and they took their chances with crosses. I mean, there was a play before where Inaki Williams was wide open and he shanked it on the yeah. on the left side and that was just really poor yeah. marking on Semedo and Roberto again. And so, you have to give them credit because they're trying to do these crosses and like I told you Brian, those crosses are difficult to say the least to defend because especially in the 90th minute, everyone's cramping and we were in better shape, so that was good because we didn't really have any bad cramps, you know, going on like they did. But again, you when you are desperate and you just throw junk, you get lucky sometimes.
1: Right, right. Well, with the starting at the beginning with the lineup, there was no Griezmann originally. Sergio Roberto was placed as a forward, I guess. But then in the 57th minute, Griezmann came on for Fati, leaving Roberto up front, and then, you know, Griezmann was not placed in left wing, I don't think. He seemed to be more flexible.
0: Yeah, he was still going up to the middle, but again, it's it's We are just continually trying to have everything go through Messi. And I understand that, you know, don't get me wrong. Messi's, you know, Messi's Messi's, right? But the thing is, when you have five back and you have no speed that's going to cut through that, you could just man mark Messi. And that's what happened. I mean, how many times did he lose the ball tonight trying to make those extra passes and really trying to force those passes to Griezmann? Again, it's we just don't have a right forward to balance him out. Yeah. And Sergio Roberto is clearly not the solution. I understand that it's, you know, tonight for a stopgap to, you know, get Griezmann minutes at the end. So I understand that play. But again, Brian, we just don't have the depth. I mean, it would really be nice to have Perez out there and, yep. you know, Fati and Messi and just try to roll that out to lead to Griezmann at the second half. But again, you know, we always knew this game was going to be tough. You know, Salman Messi is a super difficult place to play. How many Barca fans did you see in the stands? No. Yeah, exactly. So, and, I, and I do love the Bilbao fans, so they all wear that hat. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, the Bilbao fans are
0: great. Yeah, and again, my, my old roommate is from Bilbao, so he was messaging me throughout the night. Just, you know. Sure. And of course, when we lost, he's like, Barca,
1: ciao. <laughs> <laughs> Barca, ciao. Now, there was a really, really close chance in the 70th minute when Sergio Roberto, he had a great run out wide and then he set up Griezmann for the goal but Griezmann's finish was not very effective it was pretty easily saved but that was the moment in the 70th minute when Barca really could have gone ahead yeah i heard this on the radio coming home and
0: they were they were talking about how yet yeah, like just like you said that it was a soft you know finish by Griezmann and was easily saved so you know you, I don't really play, put the blame on that. You know, obviously, you know, we had some other finishes like the messy opportunity in the, in the, like, I think it was like the 80th first minute or so. We had opportunities and we didn't put them away. And Bill Bell had one in the last 15 minutes and they put it away. And that sometimes happens. It's really difficult when you're playing such a tough team. And I just think, you know, going forward, you know, I still have mixed feelings about this particular squad, you know, because mm-hmm. they are the legends but I just, from my point of view, I still see them lacking, you know, that heart, that grit. And like you said, they were very, you know, as soon as that goal came in, they all kind of collapsed. But I think it's just too late, you know, like we, I think we're just so past our prime and We're just going through the gravy tour right now, you know, just collecting checks and just trying to finish the season, you know?
1: Well, everything moves in cycles. Yeah, for sure. We're just at the end of a cycle and now we have – or we're at the beginning of a new cycle. But either way, we're not at the height of anything.
0: Yeah, I mean the the hardest thing, you know, like I was telling my coworker, he's a huge Liverpool fan, you know? So we talk football and I'm just like, man, just enjoy it because – You don't get these runs very often because they are playing at such a high confidence level that like we did in 2010 type of thing, you know, where we if we were one down, two down or we weren't scoring, we still knew we were going to get points and win. You know, we just had that supreme confidence because of the belief in the system and also the youthfulness and the energy we were able to project. And now, I mean, you just have to think about this, you know, like every time PK Busquets and Messi have not missed a game in like 13 years. You know, and I they're mean, all over 30. Exactly. And so you just have to project. And it's it's a natural thing. It's a natural thing. And, you know, again, I I still think, you know, I, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen in the next five games. Because if it's still kind of the same play, we're still going to win games against Levante or games against Granada, maybe, you know. But against the tougher competition... We're just not tough enough and we just don't want it from what i'm seeing you know and i mean i've continued to get twitter replies right now about yes and no going forward you know (laughs) and that's the thing is that we don't know what barca team we're going to get every time and that's really kind of weird because we've kind of just known for the last 10 years what we to expect the consistency the passing the goals and like tonight no goals you know yeah. And we had the opportunities, but we just didn't finish. And who knows what's going to happen in Sevilla? I mean, if I told you, Brian, at the end of the game that we lost 3 nothing, you wouldn't be surprised. Right. Or if we won 3 nothing, you know, and that's, right. that's <laughs> the thing, right? That's the thing. We just – it's a roller coaster, you know, and yeah. we just don't know, if, like, what's going to show up. And that's really the hardest thing because
1: we're just not used to that from these core players. My theory on that really is just that it comes down to age because I believe that in their hearts – they want to win. Yeah. They want to play hard and they want to win. But I think their bodies are rejecting that. Yeah. Or they're just saying like, yeah, that's nice. But here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the <laughs> I'm I'm 32. Yeah. I'm 33. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I mean, athletics doing the right thing with Aduris. you know, he's 40, but he comes on in the 70th minute. He plays 20 minutes. And that's it. And he gets a header and then he's retiring yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah. And he's like a real threat, even at 40 for 10 to 20 minutes. He's got those razor sharp elbows. That's why, you know, <laughs> yeah, his
0: nose too. Yeah, sharp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, I, yeah. I just want to see consistency and I just don't think that's going to come. Therefore, I just can't have faith in the, in the rest of the competitions that we're in, especially in champions, you know, where the, the competition is going to be supreme. And again, we always knew this game was going to be tough and we just, they just got a lucky flick on that, that last play. Unfortunately, I would have liked to see a little extra time because I think we would have been able to pull it off just because our fitness was better than theirs. But this is football, Brian. You get that lucky, right. lucky little flick goes past Terstegen. Terstegen's been brilliant all year, and that's just an unsavable flick.
1: Well, except for that one bad giveaway. I know. Right? I, Did you hear yeah, about this? Yeah, I saw. I saw the replay. So it's like he passed. I, I mean. <laughs> he had Raul Garcia had to step up for it. It was a very good step on Raul Garcia's part, but it almost looked like Ter was passing straight to him. I mean, in in his defense, he just had a kid. So maybe he's a little bit lost on sleep. So a little tired, tired.
0: but yeah, I did see, because after the game, they were showing the, the highlights and stuff. And I was like, what did he just do? (laughs) And it's like, thank God it's Raul Garcia because he hit
1: it left, you know? So yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, I mean, Ter still my number one. Yes. 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 I'm, not like my valentine or anything. <laughs> I
0: mean, but. I'm just again, like I said, you know, we're out of this competition. That means we're not going to play in Saudi Arabia next year. So that's that's Oh no. Yeah, exactly. So Oh, man. I think that's also a blessing uh in that we don't have to travel away for the two weeks in January. But uh again, this this weekend's going to be another tough game and we have to, you know, show up and get the three points to you if we really if we are really serious on
1: Uh, keeping the pressure on madrid well we'll see what happens it could go one way could go another no way of knowing so we will literally wait and see what happens and we'll be back on monday with a new episode barca talk is a production of sounded media written by gabriel quiroga and brian henderson produced by brian henderson social media and promotion by two point go until next time visco barca